All right, this is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman is you. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. <laughs> Happy Easter, everybody. And uh, I've got a special guest, Shannon Maudlin. Shannon, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Shannon and I, we shared the stage doing um, Civil War Christmas at the Douglas, I'm sorry, not the Douglas Morrison, but the uh, Town Hall Theater. Uh, that was, uh, I can't believe it was two years ago. Time flies. And, uh, yeah, we had a wonderful time. And you're also a basketball coach, I believe, at St. Mary's, right? Oh, I'm coaching at Cal State Stanislaw. Okay, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But you played at... Um, played at St. Mary's. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. And I imagine you were a guard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. And, of course, it's playoff, you know, we're in playoff mode right now with the Warriors um, up two games to one uh, against the uh, the Clippers. And uh, that's been cool. And, uh, Norman, how are you doing? Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter. <laughs> it just seems to be floating by. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll be talking about uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, so how was your week? It feels like it's been a long time. That's right, because it you weren't around. Been. Yeah, I it's been two weeks. I did a workshop. Um, I'm going to be doing the Free Shakespeare in the Park this summer. And so we did a workshop just to add some music in. This local group, they're actually at ACT right now. The Kilbanes, uh, their show Weightless. Uh, mm. It was at the Z Space a couple years ago. Oh, no, not even a couple. Last year, mm. and uh, and now it's at ACT. They worked on the music, so we created all this. They created all this music and then tested it out on us. So that was great. But yeah, mm-hmm. suddenly I was like going nonstop. I had a job drop, and I was like so happy. <laughs> Guys, we're doing an after. I do a Monday. I was doing a Monday after school program through Arabian Shakes. And me and the little ones, no. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, we talked about that. Yes. The little, little kids. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, they're human beings. I can relate to them. But mm-hmm. in terms of the sort of theater, level of theater that I would like to be doing, mm-hmm. I just don't know how to bring it down any lower. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I do, you know, do things like, I hadn't even thought about it. I will suggest it to him. Uh, the first play I ever did in high school, The Butterfly That Blush. Mm. Mm-hmm. And my teacher, and this is where I learned this technique, let's say that has 10 characters maybe. you got a class of 20 kids. Hmm. You're going to add some butterflies in. You're going to make an assistant director. You're going to make a stage manager. You know, you're going to give everybody all these roles. You still have more kids than you have parts. He walks up to me one day and he says, you look like a butterfly. <laughs> Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. And I forget why, but he said, that's nice. And that's all I said in the play. I said it over a dozen times throughout the course of the play. Something would happen. I'd be like, that's nice. That's nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've used that technique so many times. Yeah. It's amazing how, I mean, I remember the first time, like, when I think about Easter, I think about the church plays that I would do when I was a kid and how it sort of picked up my... um, I wouldn't say ego, but pride. I mean, it just mm-hmm. made me, it was like, wow, they're investing me to learn these parts and do all this other stuff, and I'm getting this attention. Mm-hmm. And it's really big to pick up someone's um, integrity, morale, that sort of stuff, especially mm-hmm. as a young child. Mm-hmm. Thinking of young sh- kids, um, Shannon, I know that you had spent a lot of time with Ellie when we did Civil War mm-hmm. Christmas, and you had to really oh, bond right. with her because th- you not only played – my dead, deceased, sort of ghost wife, mm-hmm. Rose, but you also <laughs> <laughs> played the mother of, of um, Ellie. I forget her, the character's name. But you had to bond with her. Uh, how was that? 
I mean, it, it, it definitely took some time, you know, <coughs> building that trust. Yeah. Especially she was like seven, you know. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. She she had a lot of control mm-hmm. at the age of seven. And, and, of course, we had three-hour rehearsals, four-hour rehearsals sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she kept she held it together she a really lot. Did. Yeah. She, she was very mature for her age, too. Like, I was learning a lot from her, yeah. you know, just feeding off of each other energy-wise. But, yeah, she was just great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was fantastic. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I told you I used to um, while I <clears throat> went because I went to school in, in New York uh, for college mm-hmm. and I would come back in the summertime to do uh, the Howard University Children's Theater. I was one of the uh, the sort of instructors, not really teachers because they had the older professors as teachers. But we had the young kids, seven to ten years old, and you give them an assignment and they just jump into it. Whereas some of the older kids were like, you know, they'd roll their eyes and give me an attitude problem. So I enjoyed the younger kids, but it takes a certain level of mentality mm-hmm. um, to do that. Have you had to teach younger kids? Yes, I did. So I was a substitute teacher uh, for a year in West, Co- West Contra Costa Unified School District and teaching preschool through sixth grade. So I got them all, but mm-hmm. it was great. I mean, they definitely challenged me. I learned a lot of patience during yeah. that time. Right. None of them gave you an attitude problem oh. or act up or whatever? Oh, no, no. <laughs> of course not. I, I don't know. Yes, I guess they kids, did. Of course, yeah, of course they did. I was about to say. Because <laughs> no, I know how kids were when I was growing um, up. Well, I, so we went through, this, <clears throat> went through this gig. Did it up, um, they lost somebody. That's how I ended up doing this after school program. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden... He's like, okay, we're going to do three sessions to finish off this one. The kid's going to do a little performance for their parents. Okay. And then we're going to start a new session. I get in there within two days. I'm like, oh, this is. So I know the next day is we're putting them up to get them to perform. And we, you know, we have, there are two adults in the room. It's a chore for both of us to kind of wrangle what's going on. But we do it. We're having a good time. But I'm ready to be done. So when we start the new session, he says, oh, we only have five kids signed up so far. We need at least eight or we're going to have to cancel it. Mm-hmm. And immediate response back, I was like, dude, not a problem. You can cancel. I'm cool with that. You can let that. <laughs> you can do it now. You don't have to wait. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And so was my co-teacher. And mm-hmm. she was a little more polite about it. But, yeah, we were both like, it's cool. That's fine. Let's be done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he finally called it, like, right before. And I'm like, yeah, I really wasn't planning on going there tomorrow. I figured we would. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Well, you've been busy, so I'm sure you you enjoyed, you know, not not having to run <coughs> to do the yet city, another thing. To yeah, the other side <laughs> of the city, and then run back. I had a rehearsal day. I started in Livermore. Mm-hmm. I came back for rehearsal. I went off to I forget it was a meeting or a lesson or something. Mm-hmm. Um, went back to rehearsal mm-hmm. that night. I was just like, ping, 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 because I went, that means Livermore, back to Berkeley, up to Richmond, back to Berkeley. Mm. I was like, coming home finally. (laughs) And I had, yeah, for two weeks. Yeah. Like that. But it's going to be, the class is amazing. Mm -hmm. As You Like It is going to be so fun. And the music is so Oh, that's fantastic. When when is it uh, going up? We open, I think, 4th of July weekend in Pleasanton. Oh, yeah, plenty of time, so there'll be a lot of time. Yeah, to, uh, we, we just did that workshop. We're, we don't even go back into rehearsal for a couple of weeks. Oh, cool. More than a couple. Yeah, and I got pulled in. I got an email from Susan uh, Evans uh, saying, oh, we had an actor drop out. We need someone for women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I'm um, sure. Why not? 
So uh, I'm jumping back into it, so uh, I've got to hit immediately to rehearsals after this. Mm. But it'll be fun. You know, the Town Hall Theater, it's a wonderful space yeah. and uh, wonderful people. Don Monique Williams is uh, directing yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if mm. you know her, but she did work, I think does work or did work uh, at Ashland oh, in, in oh. Oregon. Wow. Uh, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So, um, but clearly Susan Evans, we were talking off mic that uh, she, you know, she wants, she selects these um, shows that connect to a particular community or mm-hmm. connect to a particular, um, like Women on the Verge, it's dominated by women. You know, right. there are women, there's Peppa and there's uh, her best friend, um, Ka- um, Candela. And uh, it's based on a novella, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but and it's funny and it's very uh, soap opera-ish. But I think it's something that a lot of women can connect to, and I think that was the purpose that Susan Evans had selected this particular mm-hmm. piece. In light of the um, the Me Too movement, which is happening, yeah, I think right. women really want to. Someone was telling me that uh, I think, as Matt mm-hmm. Don was saying, I think eighty percent, the vast majority of people who go to theater are women, mm-hmm. right? But very little of the theater that we see are based on women. Mm-hmm. They're usually based on men, or if there's right. a woman, she's basically the ingenue or the person that the man pursues, you know, the prize, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating to hear Don talk about that. Of course, we did a table read, and she's giving us her perspective on, you know, why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And that was one interesting thing. Had you thought about that, the fact that a lot of women go to shows that oh, don't yeah. represent them. No, I mean it's it's just a fact. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, think about it. Yeah. I, the funny thing is the way you describe the show, you give us a nice sense of of the mood. But mm-hmm. I've always understood it to be a really fun show. <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, it's not. It's nothing serious about so it at all. I mean, well, they're all I mean, sorts of yeah. Well, serious in, in mm-hmm. a way that it's giving yeah. It weight does. to a woman's story. But well, sure. I mean, uh, Peppa. For those who don't know the story, you know, she is. Although it is a comedy. She's clearly depressed. She is in love with a man mm-hmm. who isn't regard, who doesn't think of her the same way, and also she's undergoing feelings of feeling old. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, each of the three main characters, I think they're over the age of thirty-five. Mm. Uh, so they're dealing with, wow, the world is passing us by, and I'm feeling invisible. There's one song mm-hmm. sung by one of the lead characters, another woman. I think it's the um, – I can't get it all straight because, you know, there are a lot of moving parts. Yeah. But there's a woman who's the mother. Well, uh, you the said you mother. got pulled in. Did you get pulled in before rehearsal started? Before rehearsal started. The okay. day before rehearsal started. <laughs> oh. oh. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, I don't have a lot of uh, things to memorize. Uh, I, I play a director. I play a judge. And I play a cop mm-hmm. <laughs> who drinks uh, this, uh, like, soup and falls out. But in any case, there's one song called Invisible mm-hmm. where uh, the woman says, hey, when I get to a certain age, I'm invisible. Right. I'm, no one sees me anymore. And right. it's something that we've talked about here. Oh, we've yeah. had Carolyn Doyle and yeah. you know, a lot of other older actors right. talk about that. Shannon, is that something that you sort of think about as, uh, I guess – I don't know if women, men think about, oh, my God, I'm getting old. But I'm sure women think about it. I imagine women think about it a lot. I mean, yeah, and especially that, that stigma. You don't – a woman never tells her age, right? right. Sure. Right. So you kind of just try to so how old hush, hush. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shannon, I don't think you're over 30 yet. No, no. no yeah. No. 24. I'm still, I'm still there. Yeah, you're a millennial. <laughs> 25, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I tell you, you blink your eye. The years go just like that. Um, but it, it doesn't sound like it stresses you out. Not right now, no. <laughs> good for you, good for you. You're doing a lot of cool stuff. 
let's get into current events. So there are a lot of heavy things like the Mueller, Mueller report, report and people, you know, being real pissed off that you know it, it didn't yield the fruit that it want that Democrats mm-hmm. wanted to yield. Right. Um, but there's also uh, there are a couple of things that sort of, um, and I tried to not get it into politics, politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew Shannon would be on, but North Carolina women's uh, head coach. Uh, what's her name? Sylvia Hatchell, Hall of Fame coach Sylvia Hatchell resigns mm-hmm. after investigation into conduct. Basically, she made racially insensitive remarks to her players, uh, pressured injured players to return to court before they had fully healed. Mm-hmm. And it just goes on and on and on. So you had that going on. Plus, I just only a few. Isn't that under? Isn't that under the job description for the sorts <laughs> of coach? You know, you must have these. Particular attributes and characteristics. Oh, sure. Well, Bobby Knight was almost praised and then reviled for being the same type mm-hmm. of person. Also, just a few minutes ago, but just before we, uh, I brought Shannon and you guys on, I heard a report that um, Kate Smith, you know, a Godless America, yeah. they don't sing it at Yankee stadiums anymore. Uh, the Yankees would ha- play it during the seventh right. inning stretch. And I guess it's another one of those things where they found some information on Kate Smith and her past uh, where she sang racially insensitive things back in the 30s. Um, like, I don't know, there was a song okay. about pickaninnies and about black people picking cotton, which unfortunately is sort of, it was standard in the I 30s. Guess. I mean, we're all black folks here, so. How are people going to feel <coughs> 50, 100 years from now when they look back at this era mm-hmm. and they see suddenly we hit the 80s and the N-word is everywhere yeah. in our culture daily. Yeah. And at around the same time, Jesse Jackson was like, no, don't call us black anymore. Call right. us African-American. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I, it's, I, period. It's period. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I'm a hate on her for that. You know, I mean, how many musicians are we supposed to hate now mm-hmm. because of the messed up lives that they live? I'm like, you know what? There are messed up people, and I do not respect them. And I don't want to honor them. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to admit a good song is a good song. I Right. Am I supposed to hate Miles Davis for the rest of my life? Right, right, exactly. And earlier, I think it was about a week or whatever ago, on the same subject of race, Kyle Korver is a white basketball player. He mm-hmm. plays for the uh, Jazz, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was one of LeBron James's guys that he brought in and helped. I think he helped them win the championship in 2016. But in any case, he is a uh, – he talked about white privilege. Right. He basically says, listen, you know – I know that I'm privileged, and I have to watch myself. He's he's what I would call woke white. Right. <laughs> that's my that's a term that I'm mm-hmm. creating about a person who is like, hey, listen, I have to pay attention to how I speak to not just black people, but women and you know anyone right. of a color of a particular race, mm-hmm. even if I don't agree or understand why it's insensitive. It doesn't matter. Right. I've got to watch what I say and what I do, and I thought it was really really cool. And maybe he's doing it to preserve himself because he plays in the NBA. But uh, that's the way to it's do it. It's nice to hear it. Yeah. So, Shannon, here's a question for you, just as far as current events is concerned. As a woman, as a black woman, how uh, how are you handling, I guess, uh, the age of Trump? And as a millennial, I mean, how do you see these issues? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much. That is just so heavy, just that entire. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, it's, it's definitely like a day-by-day experience. There's not a day that I wake up and I don't. Uh, recognize my blackness, recognize my, my being a woman here. Mm-hmm. Um, being in the Bay Area definitely helps compared to, like, in some southern states, right? Sure. You know, I'm very blessed and privileged, so to speak, to be in this place. But at the same time, we definitely have our issues here that we need to work through. But 
you know, like my parents say, he's not my president. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But do you have do you have like a visceral reaction or do you really not really care when like things like, I don't know, like the Kate Smith Godless America thing or mm. I don't know, just whatever. I mean, I definitely care, but I do believe like there's room for change, like in terms of people, people change over time. I mean, right. in her case, you know, you guys mentioned what she said during the 30s, right? Yeah. It was time and it was space for that. That was right. the norm. But, you know, fast forward to now and pe- you're getting called out on that. That's right. not okay. Right. right. You know, <clears throat> and so it sucks that people dig up your past, but, you know, yeah. you can just. It reminds me of Kevin Hart. Remember Kevin Hart? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was it the Oscar or the Grammys? I forget what it was. I think it was the Oscars. Yeah, he was supposed was. to be the host. Yes. And then they're like, oh, wait a minute. We saw some things you said about. Gay in people. 2013. You can't. Something. Yeah, you can't say it. And he apologized and he walked off. But right. a lot of people were like, "Hey, wait a minute." He apologized, and why are you still calling him out for it? And mm-hmm. you know, when does this? We talked about this with Al Franken. Right. I don't know if you should be called out for things you did it's, way, it's way, way back in the past. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't know in my lifetime that I will ever get to the point where Hitler is just like that <laughs> cool reference. In oh the world, goodness, you know? yeah. But you know, <clears throat> who knows? I well, mean, yeah, we yeah. talked about uh, what was it, Candace uh, Owens? Remember uh, <laughs> her bring up that Hitler <laughs> reference? Oh God! Do you know who Candace Owens is? Oh, she, <laughs> she's a black Republican. Really? Oh, more than that. Really beautiful. I think she's like twenty seven, twenty eight years old, yeah. and I guess she started doing these blogs, and uh, you know about how I guess she, she was she a, was mistreated. She has a history mm-hmm. in social media. And that has brought her to where, that place where she is now. But the thing she speaks, she in fact made a reference um, that Hitler wasn't really that bad. He just, you know, he just, you know, his, um, his right his nationalism. It was, it was she was defending nationalism right. and how well you should be proud. You should salute your flag and you should, right. you know, just stand up and do what you know. I don't know what dic- what the, what um, history dictates us right. to do. Yeah. And she was using national socialism, mm-hmm. which was very very strange. Mm-hmm. To say, well, let's forget about him killing all the Jews, but really he was really trying to just nationalize the German people. Yeah, it was good government. It was crazy. But what's interesting about Candace Owens is she was maligned by black folks. I guess she was picked on when she was in high school. That's where it started. That's where her social media thing started. That's exactly right. And so she turned away, in my opinion, from black people started embracing a more conservative feel. And, of course, the conservatives were like, hey, we'll give you all sorts of money. Yep. Please be our representative. Mm-hmm. Please oh, yeah. speak for us. Mm-hmm. And it. it's really, really horrible. And she loves to do town halls. So she will actually debate people. But mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So sorry for her. <laughs> <laughs> She's making good money. Yeah. But it, but it is sad how yeah. – and, and because we are – I'm sure all of us have been picked on or had a bully when mm-hmm. we were in school or whatever – but it doesn't necessarily push us away from our community. But for oh, some folks, it, it totally does. Did. No, I, I, I'll, I'll testify <laughs> to that one. Oh, my God. No, I did. Yeah. I got into high school. We moved to a new community, mixed school, um, but mostly white. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And it was like a choice. It was funny. And elementary school wasn't a choice about who I hung out with. Mm-hmm. We were all mixed up, little mixed up neighborhood. It was all cool. I get to this place, and I'm like, oh, well, what about the black kids? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure. I just felt a little shy about it. So I was like, okay, well, let me go. I should. Like, my mom would want me to do this sort of thing. I should do this. Um, We had moved to California. This was all a new experience for me. I tried to make friends 
And, and I did make friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I know a lot of these kids like me. But um, I got into it with a football player, mm. <laughs> which is crazy if you know the size I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't trying to get physical. He got physical, and that scared the crap out of me. And I skittered away to the theater and never went back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, we might as well get into an origin story. This yeah. is a nice little segue. But have you had to go through any of that? I mean, me, I grew up in Washington, D.C., which was the chocolate city. Right. So there were very few whites. I, you know, there were no white kids <clears throat> in the high schools, in the junior high schools. Um, there may have been like one or two. Yeah, for me, for, through fourth grade in yeah. Indiana. Yeah. That's what I lived. And, and I felt I needed to sort of protect world. them. I was like, oh, you know, someone's going to get chumped up here. Mm-hmm. But, um but I never had to. It wasn't until I went to NYU, and they used to call it NYU because it was a big Jewish uh, community, mm-hmm. where I felt, oh, my God, I'm a minority. But have you had to, um, like, let's, let's begin with where you grew up. Uh, did you grow up here in, D- in the Bay Area? Yeah, so I grew up uh, born in Vallejo, raised in Benicia for yeah. a bit. Then I kind of just moved around mm-hmm. a yeah. bit uh, from there now. But, yeah, I mean, growing up in Benicia for a minute there, like, uh, I was definitely – three of um, black kids in the entire elementary school. Oh, is that right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it was not diverse at all. So just, you know, getting things from, like, you know, our hair is a big thing, right? Mm, Yeah. Putting oils and grease, all that stuff. You know, they picked and teased, like, oh, you put grease, we put grease on chicken. Ah, Like, it was always, Mm, yeah, yeah. it hurt. It hurt. But never once was I ashamed of who I was because yeah. I used to go home and there was so much love and mm-hmm. my parents constantly reminded me of who I was. And so mm-hmm. I had to stand strong and then fast forward, get to college. I was the only black girl in my major. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it, it was, it's always been, you know, it's kind of been a struggle, but I just have to keep going and, and realize, you know, I'm so supported because I can get out of those situations. I can get out of those areas. Like, I can leave Venetia, come to Oakland, mm-hmm. and there's more people like me, and I just feel comfortable. And mm-hmm. but you know, like that's kind of life. That's where we're at right now. So. Yeah, I hear you. Did you have siblings? Do you have siblings? Mm-hmm. Okay, two older sisters. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, so you're the youngest. Mm-hmm. Got it. I, I see. Now I know that you because you <clears throat> half of your life is sports and half of your life is theater or the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you gravitate to first? Uh, sports first. I played basketball for 17 years. Uh, that was kind of just my thing. I followed in the footsteps of my sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I get to college and I was playing and senior year I ruptured my Achilles. Mm-hmm. And so I just went through this whole identity crisis, right. of who I was, everything. And um, I found out that you know, I was like, okay, what's something that I always wanted to do, but never had the courage to even try to do? Mm. And it was theater. And so uh, while my teammates were traveling and everything, I just was like, you know what? I'm going to do something for me this time. Mm-hmm. Go on stage, and it just felt like home. Wow. Mm-hmm. What was the first production? It was called uh, uh, To Be Honest. It was a senior project play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I was just happy to get anything. And so but uh, it kind of just it, it was the first time i guess i would say that i chose something for myself basketball mm-hmm. was kind of just following the footsteps of your sisters right. sure and so so they don't do theater or anything no like <laughs> no what do they do now so my older sister she's coaching at st mary's college okay mm-hmm. and the other one is in pharmaceutical sales in north carolina she's doing her own oh nice okay yeah. okay um now was civil war christmas that wasn't the first production outside of school that you did right uh no okay. i did one at uh, 
blanking right now. It was called. Uh, I can't even think right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. It'll it's been a while. Yeah, it's it'll been come a minute. to you. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's fascinating hearing because you know when we did Civil War Christmas, I found you to be very, very attentive and very focused, and it's like you you were a veteran. You know, Thank like you. you we're always on time. You knew about blockings, and, you know, you were, I think you were off book almost pretty quickly. Um, <clears throat> so did you learn any of those techniques? Like um, like I, when I went to school, I learned Stanislavski and method acting and mm-hmm. sort, sort of a technique. Did you learn any techniques at all? No technique, just being thrown and immersed into the art. I kind of just copied people around sure. me. So whatever they were doing, I was like, okay, I'll add that into you know, my skills, kind of just learning from just experiencing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about auditions? I always wonder how, because I went to school to do auditions. Like, you know, mm. you need to have a three-minute monologue and someone sort of prepping you. Did you learn anything of, of that at all? YouTube is my friend. <laughs> is that YouTube right? is my go-to. So I've always wondered that, how people learn how to do auditions. Because uh, oh. even mm-hmm. when I auditioned to do Duke Ellington School of the Arts, no one taught me. I just just mm-hmm. grabbed a book and just did it. When you um, – like, how did you how did you learn, Norman? To do auditions? auditions? Yeah, just basic auditions. I'm still learning. <laughs> no, and so yeah. that was one of the things that happened this week. I will not say what company, but I auditioned for a company. I was called in. I – I said, I'm interested. That, oh, okay, we'll give you this date. We would like you to read for this non-singing role. And I'm like, okay, you're a small, relatively small theater company. I'm a union actor. You're going to hire me for – they didn't say small role. It's the narrator. He's a non-singing role. Okay. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that could be cool. And I look <coughs> at it, and I enjoy the script. So I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I go in, and it is a cattle call. I'm like, oh, no. So we're all going to sit in this room. Everybody is all anxious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you look around the room, you're like, oh, so he's up for the same role. He's up for the same role. You're like, oh, okay. This is weird. And then they're doing the audition in the next room. So you hear mm-hmm. everybody. And you're like, ah. They go round and round and round. Finally, mm-hmm. I, do, I do a quick monologue and I think one line mm-hmm. in a side. Mm-hmm. And I'm out. And I'm like, you... Okay, so I guess you throw the net wide, but... That's a little weird. Yeah. And it's wasted your time, I Well, think. I know that next year, when they have their season auditions, they're required annually to mm-hmm. do a union audition. I'll have to make sure I get in there so that, like, hey, can I actually have more than you know, that much time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a waste of time. Uh, Night of a Burning Pestle. I know. <laughs> it came to me. I played the servant boy. So. Okay. Yeah. Ah. Oh, you played the boy. I played the boy. Ha- oh, so right. does that happen a lot? Do you end up with uh, stuff where they're, for lack of a better term, gender bending? You know, uh, like in Shakespeare, we're doing it all the time. Right? Yeah. that was it, it was like one of those things. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess they just needed somebody to fill the role, too. So sure. So kind of just was like, okay, yeah, totally. It was a challenge. So. Yeah. Where, where was it at? It was in Berkeley. We did it inside, like in the uh, in the park, in a way. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, was it a company? Live Oak Park? No. No. Okay. Mm-mm. See, mm. there I go. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, no, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> so what do you... You know, there are a lot of there. There's some actors who are like, oh, I have, I have a trajectory, I have a goal. I want to either, you know, mm-hmm. be in film, or I want to be in television, or I want to build up my resume so that I can get my equity card. Mm-hmm. Do you have any goals? I mean, what do you want to do? So eventually, I want to be a screenwriter. Uh, that's ah. So I've been writing a lot. Basketball has been my source through that. But yeah, that's 
kind of the, the direction I'm trying to go to. Um, okay, that's fantastic. Yeah, you and I were talking off mic. Mm-hmm. I only remember Love and Basketball as the yeah. only movie that represented <laughs> basketball from a from a uh, female player's perspective and i even know how realistic that is <laughs> it's not yeah it's not. yeah oh man yeah just adding a different dynamic a different dimension showing the other sides what actually happened sure you know. and also i mean there are tons of sports movies mm-hmm. and sports you know uh television shows mm-hmm. but usually always from a male's perspective mm-hmm. either the football player i remember rudy and hoosiers and a bunch of other stuff. Rocky, we can even, you know, talk about. But um, aside from, well, Million Dollar Baby, mm. you know, that was the wonderful award-winning thing with uh, Hillary Swank. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but very few from a, from a woman's perspective. Is that sort of the goal that you want to? Yes, yeah. definitely. And I just well. want to show another side, too, mm-hmm. because with Love and Basketball, the ending, oh, fall in love, yada, 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 mm-hmm. you get to play in the WNBA. Well, that's not always the case, you know. That's not. That's, tr- that's very true. That's not the end goal for a lot of us. So. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, how do So um, are you. Are you now? I know you're busy with uh, coaching as mm-hmm. of right now, and we'll talk about your relationship with kids because we, I had Jamie Lee Roberts on last week when you weren't here, Norman, and we talked about mm-hmm. her balancing raising her child with uh, theater, mm-hmm. and she's one of those who's had to take a step back because you know t- uh, handling her children and also getting involved and in, uh, just making money that's become a, a bigger priority. But um, are you auditioning? I mean, are you are you trying? Are you still working to get onto the mm-hmm. stage? Uh, I'm not actively right now uh, because basketball has been so demanding of my time and everything. But I'm still writing on the side. I'm going. I'm going to start taking classes this summer Good. over here. Yep. So yeah. try just to stay fresh in a yeah. way. You know. So. One class I would recommend is the Berkeley Rep. That helped me. Uh, mm-hmm. Gary Graves, we had him on, and he runs that class. And it's really only seven, I think it's seven um, cor- uh, seven days mm-hmm. where you do a course once a week. And at the very end, they actually showcase your work. And it helped me produce Foreman in Paris. Now, are you, yeah, that's mm-hmm. not true, but yeah. um, are you thinking screenwriting or? Screenwriting. Yeah, screenwriting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm wondering what around here is. Yeah, film writing, screenwriting, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's good enough to get a, a, a reading, a table read, mm-hmm. even, whether it's, you know, for the film or whatever. Another friend, friend of mine, um, um, Gene Mossy, he writes, he, as a matter of fact, not only does he write for um, the theater, and I would say, you know, there's some screenplays, but he also writes for video games. Mm. So, and he has, uh, he uses, you know, his theater connections to you know, strengthen his work so that he can, you know, get that done as well. So, you know, that's maybe another, there are all sorts of avenues. Mm -hmm. In working with kids, uh, how has that been? Uh, I'm always interested in, uh, like, are, do, um, are, let's see, how should I say this? Are are you connecting well with kids when you teach them basketball? And I'm sure you teach them other things in in Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely with the girls I'm working with now. They're about three years younger than me, so they kind of look at me, I guess, as a coach, but they also come to me for other things, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but, yeah, just being – as their coach, as their mentor, they look to me for guidance with school stuff or just life stuff in general. I just try to make myself available to them sure. as often as possible. Yeah that, ma- yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, Norma, we've talked about how – as a director, you know, you may direct young individuals. And, even you know, when you do each one, reach one, and even right. the, the workshop that you're doing now, oh, yeah. 
you're focusing on one particular thing, but then again, you know, other, like when I talked with Jamie Lee Roberts, she focuses on working, she does more movement with them, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, improvisational movement, and she's working with young kids, even some right. toddlers. Right. And we've talked about how, let's say a kid brings something from their life, let's say they're having, a, they come from a broken home, mm-hmm. and let's say they're acting up or whatever. Sometimes you have to take off the hat of the teacher mm-hmm. and be sort of a mentor. And you've had to go through that, right, Norman? I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> That's okay. I was, putting up, I was actually posting the, um, the yay. Oh, the yay, yeah, 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 yeah. Birthday list. And I know this, this, it's because I think theater is sort of a teaching tool as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're not just teaching actors, but you're focusing on I don't, life in general. I don't know about you, but for me it was – I didn't want to teach theater because I love theater, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to have to just get into the messy part of it. Obviously. Sure, sure. Um, initially, and then as I started teaching theater, I kept coming at it from this not a production-oriented way. You know, what mm-hmm. are the techniques? What um, what's a useful thing? You know, having a class full of kids all smile mm-hmm. and then frown and then show me a mad face and then go back to smile mm-hmm. and then everybody yawn. You know, little things like that. Those are just life skills, and they're the same life skills you're going to teach them when you actually get them ready to get on stage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's stuff like that that I really do enjoy. But for me, it's all to me, it's all process. It's mm-hmm. like, what am I doing before you get to the point where you can read and analyze a script? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Go ahead, but, but that's why I love theater so much, and sports there's just so many similarities between the two and just hearing everything that you've been talking about just teaching them just basic skills so then Mm -hmm. for my instance when they go out onto the court they don't have to think they just react you know it's just like a bunch of acting and reacting the entire game that's all basketball is yeah and also controlling your emotions controlling your oh yes (laughs) which I think would be a big thing (laughs) because we talk about it both in theater where let's say a method actor may get too methody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think I told you there was a story where we did uh, was it Othello where one actor got over um, he uh, he got over emotional Mm -hmm. over a particular scene that he manhandled his uh, other scene person Uh And the director basically just fired him, Mm, Um, mm -hmm. which I thought was controversial. But you have to be very, very careful. Duran Garcia, remember we had him on? Oh, yeah. And he's a fight coordinator. And he talked about how you have to really control everything that you do. You can't let your emotions overwhelm you. Mm -hmm. And, of course, in sports, we Mm -hmm. see that all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Someone, you know, screwing up or, you know, let's say getting a technical foul Mm -hmm. at the most crucial time. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, that's it. The game's over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So has it been easy or difficult teaching your kids to control their emotions. I mean, uh, that's funny you say that because this past week we just had a major <laughs> instance and we had uh, talked to one of the girls like, hey, mm. you know, you can't you can't say those things. When right. things happen, like, you got to just reel it in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I understand that you're passionate, but, you know, it's just a game, right? right. <laughs> you know? And she couldn't deny it. You know, we catch everything on film because we record right. games, practices. Sure. So right. it's like, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So. Speaking of emotion – I think back to when we did Civil War Christmas. Mm-hmm. He had some really wonderful emotional moments, especially when Ellie was taken away. Yeah. Um, where you were searching. There's a, there's a particular scene, and actually there was a, several scenes where Ellie is missing, and the townspeople are looking mm. for Ellie, and you, the mother. And I know for me as an actor, especially a young actor, if a director's like, listen, this is where we need you to cry, because you know, this is a very emotional moment. It was really tough for me mm-hmm. when I was younger to, mm-hmm. to get there. Mm-hmm. 
you got there immediately. <laughs> there were t- nights where you and I think Kari, you know, was with you and mm-hmm. Kari Moy, where you're like, oh, my God, you know, my, my daughter. Help me find my daughter. Help me find my daughter. And emotionally, you were just right there. Um, how? How did you get there? <laughs> I mean, you know, you have to put yourself, I guess, in the little girl's shoes and then just bring yourself back to, I guess, growing up, just what that felt like, you know, being separated from your mom. And then, you know, just thinking from a motherly standpoint, you know, if I really had lost my daughter, how would I be feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Who would I go to? Who would I run to? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Not that. No, 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 yeah, because, uh, you know, when I was in school, the, the, the lessons that the teachers tried to teach us was have the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. If you know you're in a particular environment, let's say we're trying to create a scene where, let's say, you're in Victorian England or you're in, I don't know, um, the speakeasies, 1920s New York, but you're looking at an audience member playing with their iPhone. You know, mm-hmm. how do you separate yourself? How do you, <laughs> how do you have that wall within yourself so you stay within the scene? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you found that easy. Was it ever distracting? And there was a time where you were, you and I were in the in audience, <laughs> <laughs> connecting with each other and ignoring the audience. Is it easy or difficult for you? Uh, it's always hard, you yeah. know. And it's always throughout the show, you're going in and out for me. And yeah. it's like trying to stay in the moment um, as much as possible. Granted, you're going to probably see that person in the front on their phone. Sure. But <laughs> you got to just look away as fast as you can because. You can get, you get caught up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are there techniques as a director mm-hmm. in getting people focused? I mean, you would think as an actor they should already know how to stay focused, but. Mm, no, you know, it's, oh, gosh. No, it depends. Actors versus kids. Yeah. Because um, I'm working with the seventh grade class now. Sure. And, oh, I was just all over this poor boy <laughs> one day. Uh, the character just needs to be bigger. Yeah. He's got to make more noise. He's got to be more reactive. Mm-hmm. And he's got to, um, you know, start to live the character. Mm-hmm. And so I was clowning him. And at some point, I was clowning him over some moment where I just couldn't get him to Oh, the character's supposed to laugh. Mm. And, and the joke is, um, this guy's riding with, he says, I might give you my farm. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm going to have a farm. I'm going to be rich. And he's like, rich? You might get some rich manure. <laughs> and the kid yeah. wasn't laughing. He w- and he didn't see that it was funny, so he just sit, read the line and mm. ha, ha, ha. And it l- literally says in the line, ha, 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 and he laughs. <laughs> yeah. And he wouldn't say – he would. I said, just read it. Just And he wouldn't. And I was like, dude, you have to react to this. Do you know what the joke is? Well, I just don't think it's funny. You're telling him all you got for him is rich shit. And I literally said that. Mm-hmm. And I knew every little set of ears in the room just kind of went, Ooh. <laughs> Next time yeah. we run the scene, could I just say shit? No. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm realizing, actually, for rehearsal, I'm going to tell him he can say it. But in the show, he can start it. And yeah. I already said this to him. He can start it and yeah. then change it to rich manure. Mm. Yeah, that's smart. Because and he has to have it in his mind, yeah. And and I want and what I was trying to get was for him to have the visceral reaction to what that feels like, what mm-hmm. that joke feels like. Mm-hmm. So when I said shit, he laughed. So when he sat there, I was like, what you're saying is that? Do you get it? And he started nervous laughing. He was just like, ah. <laughs> so the next time it came up, he starts laughing, that nervous laugh again. And I'm like, dude, that's exactly it right there. Yep, there Remember you go. Remember what you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Live that moment mm-hmm. when this happens. And if you need that little help of saying shh, have a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
Uh, Shannon, have your parents been receptive? Um, have they been supportive of mm. what you do? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've had their full support ever since. They just are they're in, they're in it. You know, cool. they've always been like that, especially with sports and with acting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right on. No, that's, that's great. I'm curious about sports. Mm-hmm. Just there was something you said that made me think about, and I think it was partly when we were talking life skills, mm-hmm. that are there – techniques and little strategies and tricks that you pull from sports when you're doing theater um yeah well part of it too staying in the moment Mm -hmm. as much as possible going and when you catch yourself i think with sports you know you'll be having such a great game and then you get this out of body experience you're like whoa like i i can't believe i'm making these shots that i Mm -hmm. you know and it just goes through and that's the same thing with acting there was a few times in civil war christmas where i was just like whoa like, I just said that with ease, and it just came out, like, without me even thinking about it. Without mm-hmm. me, Yeah, so it was just – so those type of things. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of running out of batteries here. Ah! But <laughs> and also, I'm looking at the time because we're oh, close we to 12. Time? But um, so – as far as the future for you, well, here's the thing. How is how is Bay Area Theater? You know, we've had some folks who are very satisfied with how they've been treated on stage and how mm-hmm. theater companies have treated them. And there's some who are like, man, I'm just really frustrated. I'm not getting the roles that I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a lot of rejections. And, and I see some of these on Facebook. You know, it's like, oh, my God, I got rejected yet again. Mm-hmm. How is Bay Area Theater treating you? How they're treating me? Well, it's definitely a family. You know, mm-hmm. I, there, I see a lot of the same faces, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of groups on Facebook and yeah. all these things that I'm a part of. But uh, so far, I mean, I'm I'm satisfied. Cool. Yeah, being still fairly new to everything, like two years I've been do- at this, you know, yeah. acting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I've been welcomed in with open arms. No, I didn't get every role that I've auditioned for, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's just part of the learning process, okay? How can I show up better and be better the next time? Mm-hmm. Sure. So. That sounds good. That's a very, very healthy way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. All righty. So, um, and I guess one last thing. So, I know that you're – do you have a piece that you're working on now that you just have? I know it's probably not developed or anything like that, but, yeah, yeah I don't know. You may want to <laughs> tell us what – just what idea, the things you've been working on writing-wise. Oh, writing-wise. So, mm. okay. yeah. So, I'm working on one children's book right now. Awesome. Just for – yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I'm also working – I'm debating about the name. But it's either going to be called D1 or Baseline right now. And it's going to be – I'm thinking about maybe a, a television series of some sort where you have uh, – it's going to follow like a young – well, several characters, but a, a college player. And she's, you know, just navigating college, uh, mm-hmm. being a D1 athlete and balancing love and just, you know, life, friends, all of that. And it's also going to follow one of her coaches and – this is kind of funny, but it's all probably like about me and my experience with coaching. Okay, a lot of it's all about people <laughs> yeah. anyway. That's fine. But yeah, so that one's going to follow her and her experience being a new coach, you know, in a, a heavily dominated male profession. And mm-hmm. So it's just going to like, yeah, those two characters are kind of, mm-hmm. they're going to be, yeah, they're going to learn from each other. I don't know it's where it's going. That's but cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I mentioned it because we've had Barry Graves on, and he, along with being an actor, has a film company called Pull Boy Films. Mm. Mm-hmm. So he may be someone that you may want to get in touch with, you yeah. know, once you're really developed to mm-hmm. see what may happen with that. We're all part of, you know, not just getting your story across, but also connecting you with other folks as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, Thank you. All righty. Well, I would also say on that mm-hmm. same tip, though, Play Cafe in Berkeley is That's a great right. place to get material oh. read. 
Exactly. Table reads, you know, they provide the actors and they even have a dramaturg that can tell you, you know, what they like, what they don't like, you know, what are the good constructive criticism. Wow. I've done it a few times as an actor and there's one particular writer. I will just say she's fixated on a historical figure to mm-hmm. the point of serious, like, you know, flew back east, did research, mm-hmm. went into, you know, documents, original mm-hmm. documents. She's writing this incredibly fun musical. And pretty much everything that she has created, mm-hmm. she just wants to downplay for the historical stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're getting, no, you're getting this intense, beautiful, political, passionate political debate between two characters, but you've given them personal relationship. You've, you've kind of put that in that context of people who are intimate having these conversations and debates. It was gorgeous. And she's like, well, no, I mean, there's, you know, I'm, that's the stuff I'm just making up. I, I, I'm going to cut that stuff out. And we're like, <laughs> you're going to turn this into a dry historical piece. No. <laughs> when you make Liberty pillow talk, oh, my God. Yeah. The concept, you know, the, mm-hmm. the principles of they're having a hot debate about this. It's like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, no, it's a great place for you to get your stuff out in here. And there are screenwriters that go in pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As a matter of fact, uh, when I did Foreman in Paris, they did a table read for that. So that was part of the developmental process. And a lot of others that have all gone on to develop very, very well. And also, um, you you get actors who are interested. You know, Mm -hmm. let's say they read a role and they're like, wow, I really like that. And they'll follow up. And like we had Pete Fitzsimmons, Mm -hmm. and he stayed on after that one table read. He was right. like, hey, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? So good. So that's, you know, it's good feedback. Mm-hmm. With that, um, shout-outs. Uh, birthdays. birthdays. Let me, uh, get Got a one. lot of birthdays this week. I will try to skip the ones that I think you will be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have there. to. Um, so, oh, and, mm-hmm. and Yumi Kobari is um, – Arcelia in As You Like It will be doing that this summer. She nice. was Alice in Everyday Alice that I did. Mm-hmm. Her birthday is today. Right on. Uh, Will Hammond's birthday? Will. He's is 50. He, he's on your list, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Okay, okay. That, no, 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 no. That's fine. Yeah. Will, yeah. Will's um, done at 5-0. And Will, I've gotten to work with Will on a few projects. Mm-hmm. Reading and development. It yeah. always seems like that's the sweet spot with Will. He's, he's a, he's a, musician, yeah, musician. Um, yeah. Happy Dead. Happy birthday. Uh, Teresa Diane Elizabeth Horn. The longer I know this woman, the more names she seems to get. <laughs> but uh, anyway, her birthday is coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bay Area actress Tony Ruiz, who I met at the Shelton Theater, mm. whose birthday is coming up this week. Pearl Wong. Um, I'm not sure she's still connected, but she was with the Asian American Theater Company for a long time. She, um, from the, um, their heyday when they had this gorgeous space on, uh, what's the street? That's uh, down towards the end of Clement. Um, they had a beautiful theater hmm. complex. They mm-hmm. had three stages going at one point. She was part of the transition of that okay. as they lost that space, but kept the company going. Mm. Uh, Danny Gutierrez, I have two um, high school buds whose birthdays are coming up. Danny Gutierrez, uh, we did a lot of musicals in high school together, and he sent me probably one of the youngest photos I've had of me on stage. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right on. Um, I will skip that one. Ed Bratt is the other guy that I went to high school with mm-hmm. um, who was in Little Abner. If you don't know the musical, most of the time it's all these hillbillies standing around and singing. Little mm-hmm. Abner is the big, healthy guy, right? Yeah. 
There's a scene where all these men are brought from the town and turned into big, healthy guys like Little Abner. Hmm. So they got like the water polo team and some basketball players <laughs> to come in for that part. Yeah. Um, football players. I think Ed might have been one of those. Um, Jerry Lynn Cohen, mm-hmm. who works a lot with Word for Word. Her birthday's coming up. Ryan O'Donnell. I. It's funny. I know a bunch of people through – if you haven't heard of Each One Reach One, it's a wonderful organization. Mm-hmm. goes into – juvenile detention facilities, and does playwriting programs. A lot of fun. And uh, that's how I met Ryan. Mm -hmm. And I kept hearing about him doing shows, but I think I've seen him on stage maybe once. Mm. (laughs) Um, But I know that he does great work. Melissa Hillman, Mm -hmm. the former executive director of the uh, Impact Theater Company. Um, Another high school buddy, John Kennedy. Margot Hall. Did you have her on your list? Mm-mm. Margot Hall's birthday's coming up this week. Mm-hmm. You know Margot. Yep. You don't know Margot? Oh, gosh, you should know Margot. Margot is an incredible director, an incredible actress. And it's funny, it's hard to make the list because which one is best? Uh, she's an incredible teacher. So there are a lot of Bay Area actors now who credit their first, their beginnings with Margot. And they're out there, but then. Almost every season, some of the major theater company in the Bay Area has a picture of Margot up being in their season. Mm. Margot is incredible. She's also a great mentor. Mm-hmm. Margot Hall, and I think, is that? Oh, Jeff Lowe runs a company up in Vallejo. Okay. Bay Stage. And Bill English, who does the SF Playhouse. Uh, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, so that my list, uh, Lance Fuller. I'm, I'm surprised you don't know Lance Fuller. He's a, um, he was a veteran actor. Uh, I worked with him. We did uh, Debbie Does Dallas, the musical, and also Bat Boy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, that was at the Ray of Light Theater. And so uh, his birthday is today. Uh, Will Hammond, you mentioned him. Uh, Charlie Lurigo, I think you yep, let me have that one. Or Charlie that. Lurigo. Um, he is the... The director, or he, he runs uh, the Playwright Center. He's one of the guys who runs the Playwright Center for San Francisco. Uh, that's his birthday's Tuesday. Also Tuesday, Ron Lamar Williams, who he was also in Bat Boy. Uh, that was at the, uh, the uh, Ray of Light Theater. Also one of my favorite actors, uh, Travis Bedard. Um, uh, his birthday is Wednesday. He turns 44 years old. Uh, just an incredible, versatile actor. He, uh, when I first got involved in theater, it was him, a guy named Bob Zick and Travis. They basically, here's a great theater story. So these are guys who, they graduated from the University of um, New Hampshire. They were like, hey, we, we, we want to get involved in theater. We want to come to the West Coast. So they drive cross country <laughs> all the way to California. And for a while, they sleep out of their cars. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, have like little jobs. I think Travis, he he once had a job cleaning up after the dead, after a murder scene. He wow. would just, you know, they have uh, companies that will just clean up after that. So, mm-hmm. so while they're doing that, they're they're just getting involved in various theater companies, and then they form a company called Bay Stage. Mm-hmm. And I was a part of Bay Stage. That was in 1999. Mm-hmm. And he just his stock just rose, 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 and then finally he went to. Um, with his wife to Austin, Texas, and formed their own theater company. And I believe that's what they're doing right now. So in any case, Travis, happy birthday to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's Man, see. that's cool. Melody Kutchen. Um, her birthday is she's a, a bindle stiffer, or was a bindle stiffer. 
a Philippine-American actress. Her birthday is Thursday. On Friday, um, Jamie Stroop is uh, Strooby or Stroob. Her birthday is on Friday, and I believe she may be our next guest. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we got to talk about that because I think I'm – no, I think I'm – I think I'm free Saturday morning, but uh, mm-hmm. well, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. I have talk. a shout out for next Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jamie, if you're listening, happy birthday! And uh, she had wanted to come on twelve today, but I was like, hey, I can't do it because you gotta go, things right? are happening, whatever. But happy birthday to you! And I'm, I found Jamie's because she acted along with Kim Donovan in Stage Kiss, ah, uh-huh. which was I can't even remember what the theater it was in, but she was fantastic. She had a very small role, mm-hmm. but it's a great lesson. It's like, even if you have a small role, if you do the best you can, you will be remembered. Right. People will remember you. So there are no small roles, only small actors. And I believe that's it. Shows. I've got um, the SF Shakes has a gala coming up next Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'll be performing Right on. <laughs> and we're going to do a little bit as, as you like it. Yeah. Um, Theater of Yugen has Helen going on, and I saw I opened up the um, mm. the San Francisco Chronicle, and there was a great big picture of um, Adrienne Dean. Ah, of course. And she is Helen, Helen of Troy. This mm-hmm. is the retelling of that. And that's been going on since March 29. It closes April 27th, so that's next week. So you got to check that out. Also, uh, the mystery of Irma Vep, role players ensemble. Right. So uh, we're going to see that. Yeah, exactly. So that will be going on until next week. Alicia von Kugelgen and Dana Lewenthal is in that play. Also, all the way, and we have a slew of friends who are in that. Kari Moy, um, Mm -hmm. Tom Riley, I believe, is in that. You remember Tom Mm -hmm. Riley, who was our Abraham Lincoln. Also, Uh, Terrence. Sweat. Huh? Sweat. Who Sweat? Isn't it? What is it called? All the way. Oh, all the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, Contra Cross Civic Theater. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Terrence Smith mm-hmm. is in that. Oh. Uh, he plays Ralph Abernathy to Kari's uh, Dr. King. And, uh, and of course, Kim Donovan is in it as well. Mm-hmm. I believe Jeez. she's Lady Bird, which is wow. a little odd. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I guess you can. I thought she would be Ethel Kennedy or something like that. But in any case, it's a wonderful play about the Civil Rights Movement. Also, um, Jay Cronengold, Cronengold mm-hmm. who... Um, you remember Jay? He um, participated with. He was in the last reading of Four Men and Parents. Yes, books by B. Uh, he is uh, playing a senator. So there are tons and tons of friends that we have there, uh, and that will be playing until May the fifth. And uh, also, I wanted to push uh, a good friend of mine, Lisa Kong. Uh, she has a. She's there's a there's a, a play that she's a workshopping called the Emeryville Horror. Which will be a sort of environmental sort of horror suspense play, and we're uh, working on uh, performing that at the um, I want to say the Potrero Hill. Where's that Potrero Hill space? At uh, the um, playground Petrero stage. Yeah, I believe the playground. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that uh, I believe that'll be in June. So. Oh, that whole festival is coming up, isn't that's it? That's right. She's mm-hmm. that, and that'll be part of the festival. Mm-hmm. So that'll be cool. All right, so that is it. Shannon, did you have a good time? Yes, thank you so much for this. <laughs> I hope so I nice. didn't, uh, you know, catch you off guard with, you know, any, we tried to keep the conversation going. But, no, you have been a fantastic guest. Appreciate yes. it. Thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah, yeah, no problem. All right, here is my spiel. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app, 
on all iPhones and iPads or really any app that you use to listen to your podcasts, you can find us. If you're a desktop user, if you use your desktop to listen to podcasts, you can click on iTunes. Just click on iTunes. Go to go to store. Go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side. You can search for the A. You'll find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app. I'm just going to SoundCloud.com and search for the Yay. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. You can find me at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Uh, Shannon, do you have a um, Instagram or anything like that? I'm the worst millennial. I only have <laughs> Facebook, you guys. I'm the worst. So. But if you're looking for a fantastic young actress, uh, Shannon Maudlin, uh, you got to hit her up. And by the way, I want to thank everyone. So my aunt, my great aunt Ruth passed away. She would have been 90 years old mm. if she had lived uh, about a month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so she lived a nice long life, and I posted a little video of her on uh, Facebook. Yeah, that was yeah, it was good. She's mm-hmm. just cooking. Um, um, she's cooking, what is it, um, mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. It was something that I did back in 2012. And I told myself, I may not have this opportunity again, so let me capture this moment. Right. And I'm glad I did. So in any case, for those who uh, gave me warm uh, wishes, thank you very, very much. And happy Easter, everybody. And Oh, wait. Happy 422. That's right. Oh. 420. For you I got, a, I got an email from Barbara Lee. <laughs> Barbara Lee speaks for me. She's like, happy 420. Wow. <laughs> All right on Barbara Lee. I can't imagine her smoking weed. What, what, who, who knows? She uh, put forward a, um, I forget what the word was with it, but a marijuana act. Yeah. To basically, oh, reform. To yeah. say that every the people, since we're moving towards making it legal, sure. can we put some laws in place to make sure that the people who were impacted by it That's are right. part, part of this, and that you're like you're going to your you records know, are expunged you're, yeah, if, if you've been that. busted for a weed. Yeah, so absolutely. And the money has to go towards helping those people in those communities because hey, okay. that's exactly there. right. Yeah, I believe uh, Kamala Harris. That was uh, that was something that she's also pushing as well. So yeah, that's fantastic. Happy 420, Happy Easter, and we've, we've got to find, find a better side off, and we are out. <laughs>